Well, this morning we have the privilege of having two of our IWs from, with the Christian Missionary Alliance uh, here to speak to us, uh, Danny and Vera Karunji. Uh, my wife and I have known for many, many years, have uh, visited with them several times in their uh, home in their, uh, the city of Novi Sad, uh, Serbia, where they serve. And they have some amazing, amazing stories of how God has uh, used them to, um, in this, this country of, of such great, great need. And so I'm going to uh, invite Danny and Vera to join me on the, uh, the platform here and uh, just talk to them for a few minutes, and then they're going to uh, tell their story about uh, what God has been doing uh, through them in uh, Serbia. Danny and Vera, welcome. We are Thank delighted you. that you are here with us today. And uh, going to share with us a little bit of your story of what uh, God has been writing in, uh, in, in Serbia. So the both of you immigrated to Canada. You started a business uh, here in the, in the Hamilton area, and, uh, and then you sensed God calling you back to your homeland. And uh, so you have been serving there now for how long? 33 years. 33 years. It's right. We both say the same thing. It's true. Yes. So how long have you been married? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> just, 15 just, years. Yeah, it seems like. <laughs> I just wanted to see if you both gave same, the same, same. same answer there. Um, Danny, the, the first time that I visited with you in, uh, I was by myself, Janie wasn't with me that time, I was six months after the Kosovo War. And I remember coming into Novi Sad and uh, the uh, NATO bombers had bombed out all of the bridges mm-hmm. in, in Novi Sad. The church was on one side of the river, you were on the other side of the river, and uh, your home, and so getting back and forth was 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 quite a quite a challenge uh, during uh, during those days. There are two memories that I I have uh, from that trip. Um, one was uh, you know as we as we chatted about how God had been uh, using you in, in in building bridges that you know that mean bridges technically were bombed, but you were building bridges. Uh, with the uh, the people there for in the name of Jesus and and I remember this one young woman uh, that had been raised in an atheistic communist home and uh, you had communion you did communion a little differently there you had people you had tables and people came up and and helped themselves and and, and all she came by herself I remember that and she kneeled down and she she took communion and, and I remember tears running down my, my face as I remembered her story and, and the thought that came to me was and every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and that's certainly been something that, that you've experienced. The other thing that I remember is I talked to a young man whose house had been bombed and uh, I said, you know, really sorry for your loss and, and, and he he said to me, well, if it hadn't been for that, I don't know if I would have found Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and so you, 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 you work in the midst of such devastation many times and, mm-hmm. and, and pain. I know you're going to talk to us a little bit about this today, but, but what, what has caused you to keep pressing forward in that song that we just the song, sang, yeah. the, 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 the cause of Christ. Could, could you just kind of... Mm. That song, I never heard it before, but it really is a testimony for us. Uh, it's because of him. 
and that's uh, because of the love of Christ, what he did. We're very aware. It's only his mercy. Yeah. And if it wasn't for his mercy, it could have been me. Yeah. Each time, with every person that we sit, he's worthy to hear about Christ. Yeah. And there's nothing else that matters. And so you've been involved in church planting, you've been involved in orphanage ministry, you've been involved in, in uh, a hospice care, women's center, addictions, uh, you know, you just had such an amazing story. They've actually captured their story in, in a book that they've uh, made available uh, for us uh, here today. Um, and I understand that, that you want everybody is, who would want one to take one, uh, and uh, but... If you want to make a donation, uh, there's a donation bag there for you, but uh, uh, they just want you to take this book and, and, and read about the amazing way in which God has uh, grown his church in, in, in the midst of such need and uh, some amazing stories in here. Um, I, I won't, I, I, I'd love to tell some of them, but I won't. Uh, you'll need to... to uh, so let me pray for you, and then uh, you share with us. Father, we're so grateful for your faithfulness. Where would we be without yeah. that? And uh, how you care for us. I thank you for your calling upon Danny and Vera, and the way that you have empowered them and enabled them in the midst of such devastation in many ways and, mm-hmm. and, and heartache and, and, and hurt and brokenness. And you have used them to bring your transforming power and grace into their lives. And so we just pray now that as they share with us, that you will anoint them by your spirit and give them the words to say that mm-hmm. you will grip our hearts by what they share with us, and um, that we will see that in the midst of, of difficulty and uh, unrest and pain and anger and all these kinds of things that, that uh, ex- we experience and see in this world, that, that, that your grace mm-hmm. can overcome. And so we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Right. Thank you. Share thank us. you. Good to be with you again. I said again because we were here many years ago, many years ago. But as soon as we came in last night, I, I remember that we stayed here. We, um, we talked about our ministry and what the Lord is doing there. But this was many years ago, so there are many updates <laughs> that uh, we cannot share with you today because of the short time. But... I would like us to open our Bibles and to, to read a familiar passage. Uh, Luke's Gospel, chapter 10. Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, we'll start reading from verse 25, 25th. Uh, the title in, in my Bible is The Parable of Good Samaritan. And in my Serbian Bible, it's, it says the parable of a merciful Samaritan, because he was more than good, he was very merciful, which we will see very soon. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Remember, to test Jesus. He said, teacher, I, uh, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? 
And when I read this for the first time, uh, I thought to myself, something is wrong here. This man doesn't know that, that he cannot inherit eternal life, right? Now we know because we read the scripture and we know that, that we cannot inherit eternal life. We can receive it. And we receive it by, by asking Jesus to forgive us our sins, to repent from them, ask him to, to be Savior of our lives and Lord of our lives. And that's the way, automatically, uh, we receive eternal life. This man didn't know. That's why he asked, how can I inherit? What can I do? Or, or, or what, what church should I attend? In nowadays, we would say. But uh, Jesus said, what is written in the law? How do you, uh, how do you read it? And he said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And right away when you read this, you would say, Who can love and whom can you love like this with all your being, with all your soul, heart, strength and mind? Can you love somebody that you just heard about? You know how so-and-so person is so good, merciful, and so on. Can you love him like this? No. You can admire him. But to love him with all your being, you have to become to know him. And uh, let, me, let me tell you, if you uh, never experience him as Savior, you cannot love him like this. You cannot love God like this. But if you accepted him and he changed your life he became your savior then you will love him and you can love him and you are loving him with all your being with all your heart soul strength and mind only then so i'm encouraging you if if you are here that you don't know what i'm talking about then just uh, while i'm I'm speaking and vera uh, by the end of the service you can in your mind Repent from your sins and ask Jesus to, to change you, to save you, and he will do it. It's that, it is that simple. simple, And you will know that you have eternal life. But, so, he's talking about vertical. God. Love God. But then, he continues. And love your neighbor as yourself. Horizontal. So, not only God, but love your neighbor as yourself. What does that mean? Well, uh, this man, uh, uh, Jesus said, you have answered correctly, uh, do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? And this is actually the title of, of my sermon, who is your neighbor? Who is my neighbor? I know you, you, will say, Peter, you will say, Peter is next to, to, to my house, apartment, uh, Susan is there also, and so on. Yes, they are your neighbors, but according to Bible, who is your neighbor? By the end, when I finish, you, you will find out who is your neighbor. And I hope that, that you will follow the scripture as, as Jesus would, would tell us now what to do with our neighbor. So, he asks, who is my neighbor? And from uh, verse 30, in reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell uh, into the hands of the robbers. So, he was walking, 
and robbers were waiting, as they do. Uh, and this man comes and they rob him. They, they beat him so badly that, that the scripture is saying that he was half dead. I don't know if you, if you know what is half dead. <laughs> if you've ever seen a half, half dead person. Half dead person is probably, in my mind, motionless. But when you touch the pulse, there, there is a pulse. So there, there is life. But, but he is not showing life. That's half dead. So, uh, in, in the next verses, we would read that three people went by. Two people were religious people, and we were sure that they will come, they will stop, and try to help this man, this poor man, wounded man. But we see that, that these important um, uh, leaders, the religious leaders, they, uh, leaders, they just went by didn't stop by, didn't, 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 for their own reason, they didn't stop and try to help this person. But the person that, that we, will, we will be sure that, that he will not do this, Samaritan, he stopped, he went down, he seen the, the problem, he seen the wounds, he tried to heal them, put oil on them, uh, it says a wine too, and, and uh, took him, in his vehicle, and took him to, to the motel. And he looked after him there, and he paid the owner of the, of the motel, and he said, please look after him, I need to go, but look after him, I'm paying you now, and I'll, when I come back, I will pay you more, if you spend more, if you need more, but I, I, please look after him, look after him well. And he did. Look after him. And he said, And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. And then Jesus asked, Which of these three do you think was a neighbor of the man who fell into the hands of robbers? And the man answers correctly. He said, The one who was merciful on him. And then Jesus said, and I can hear echoing his, his voice even now to us, to us, to all of us. He said, go and do likewise. Go and do the same. To do what? Well, uh, I ask you, who is your neighbor? Who is your neighbor? And the way I understand, I will suggest to you that the neighbor is your neighbor is person in need. Person that you know is in some kind of need. And what is expected from you and me is to see the need, try to help if you can. But be sure that you tell them, that you tell that person why you are doing that. So that he knows that it is because of love of Jesus that you know him, that you, that you have in your life. You are helping him. And who knows? Maybe you will be able to lead him to Christ, lead her to Christ. Maybe they will become very important Christian leaders one, one of the days ahead. We don't know. We don't know. But we know that our duty is to see the need, try to reach, help in immediate need, and then introduce person to Christ. And we don't know consequences. When I look back in my life, we're, as you mentioned, 33 years there, from very beginning, 
uh, we actually had good life here in Canada. We emigrated from uh, Yugoslavia at the time to Canada, and we had a very good life here. And, uh, but we found ourselves changing things. So we lived in Stony Creek. We went through spiritual renewal. Uh, in Story Creek Alliance Church. And ever since that time we felt that we should go back and tell people about Christ. And that, that was very uh, beautiful uh, uh, heaviness on, on, on our hearts as we've seen in two young guys that, that just gave testimony. That they are going away. Same was with us. Uh, the, 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 the heaviness was so hard that uh, I thought... If we will not go back to Yugoslavia to tell people about Christ, there is nobody to tell them about Christ. That was not true. But the, the burden that I had was beautiful. I had, we had to go. We, we had to sell everything we had here uh, and go to Yugoslavia. And ever since we went there, we were looking for people that were in need. And there were, there were all kinds of needs. I remember spiritual need was the beginning because communism fell down. People were open to, to any religious things. They, they would go to church, but uh, churches stay churches, but nothing will happen. You know, if, if uh, God doesn't touch your life, then you will stop going to church, any church. But, but when God changed your life, then it is totally something different. So people would come and, and, and with different questions about God, even about practical things. And one after another, we would just tell them about Jesus and lead them to Jesus. And because they were spiritually hungry, they were open for, for this new idea about Jesus. Not, not religion, but Jesus. And that they would go home, and, and, and people that, that, that knew that person were, were kind of, uh, you know, puzzled. What, what happened to you? You are different. And that person will say, I don't know much, but, but I know that, that I'm changed. Come and join me. Uh, we'll go to Daniel and Vera. They will tell you, as they did to me, and so on and so on. So spiritual need. Then, then, then there were refugees. Thousands of refugees were flooding our, our city. Of, of Novi Sad. We had 70,000 refugees in a, in a city of around 300,000 people. So huge, huge problem. And we, we didn't know what, what is refugee, but we, we, we heard that there is certain family living not too far from us. We, we went to see them. And we, we see that, that they, need, uh, they have a need of you know, basic things, living things. So we went home and we, we made a parcel of food parcels and we brought them there. And, and things uh, just happened from there on. We, we heard about another need, another need. And we always, when we brought those necessities, we all, always told them about Jesus. Because now that they receive something that they need, so they are open. They're open. Uh, and uh, so we were able to lead hundreds of people to Christ because of that, refugees. And then poverty struck our, our town, our, our country. So people were, were again in need. And thanks to people like, like yourself, we, we received funds that, that we were able to, to purchase uh, those uh, basic needs. And because of that, we were able to introduce people to Christ. Then hospice ministry, that's something else where people are dying and, and not, not having a, uh, you know, basic things to, to help them. So we're able to go to, to their homes or wherever they live and bring hope, bring hope. So they, they were our neighbors, need, need. Uh, 
And the, the last, uh, or, or the, the people that we concentrated our efforts the last 11 years uh, are drug addicts. People that everybody stayed away, away from. Uh, nobody wants to, to, to help drug addicts. We, we call them lepers of today. As, as in Jesus' time, everybody stayed away from lepers, right? Uh, today, too. Who wants to, to be friend to, to drug addict when you know that, that, that he will or she will steal things from you and so on? But we open our doors because in one year, uh, uh, around 30 young men came to, to us individually, to, to our church, because they seen the sign of the church, that they came to us and said, can you help us? Because state cannot help us, uh, hospitals cannot help us, doctors can, cannot help us. Can you help us? So we, we said, no, sorry, we, we don't do anything with drug addicts or alcoholics. Uh, so we sent them to another country where there was Christian center. But I couldn't, I didn't have a peace because here I'm a pastor, I'm an evangelist looking for opportunity to, to tell people about Jesus. And here they are coming to me, and I say, well, go to the next door, so to speak. <laughs> so I didn't have peace. We didn't have peace. We couldn't sleep well. And then just one day, God just gave us a vision. We had a, a um, uh, guest rooms. So we said, we will open those guest rooms, and we will, uh, we will bring drug addicts in, and we will tell them about Jesus, if nothing else, well, if nothing else, we know how to tell them about Jesus and how to lead them to Jesus. Because if Jesus changed them, they will be totally new people. And that's how ministry actually started. Started from first person, second. We, we thought we would have five people at the most. When we had 15, we, we said, oh, this is too many. <laughs> and when another person would come for, for help, we cannot say, sorry, we cannot help you, because we knew if he will go home, he will commit suicide, most likely, because all his friends committed well, overdose, not suicide, but overdose, and some suicides too. So we, we said that this is a chance for us to tell them about Jesus, to, to be changed. So we opened another center. So we have now two centers, uh, two locations actually. And uh, uh, here I will show you now the first picture. Some of the guys that, that are in our center. This is what one of the occasions where they were leading worship in, in our church. And uh, especially two songs, one of the young men with guitar wrote, uh, wrote two songs, excellent songs, and we were all singing them. And then this is one of the times when we get together and we worship and we have a Bible study. And often I'm amazed when, when they will tell us something that, that has nothing to do with the text that, that we are studying. And I said, where did you get that from? Because, you see, they came from, from the world, not from Christian uh, background, from the world. So when they read something new, that's, to me that's exciting. And I said, where, where did you get that from? Uh, and they will say, well, I'm reading, I'm studying. God is speaking to me through, through, through the scripture. Uh, so that is so exciting. Each one of them would have a story. And I could tell you for each one how God changed that person, how that person came in to us 
uh, and what started to happen as soon as that person came in to, into our center. But I, I would tell you about this young man. This young man is Branco. He came to us, uh, he was a uh, heroin addict over 20 years. Extremely heavy drug addict. He, he would say something like, my God is, is, is heroin, which means I live for heroin. Heroin gives me uh, energy, gives me power. It, it does for, for a while. But then it is, we call it hell on this earth. When heroin is not working anymore, the person runs and starts, in the morning, as soon as he gets up, that's actually afternoon, when he gets up, he started to think, where can he rob? How can he steal money to go and buy heroin again? And that's a circle every day, every day, every day. And now he came to us, and just before he came, his fiance died, overdose on his arm. So extremely broken man. Uh, and he said, please help me. Uh, and we said, uh, as we said to, to everybody else, we cannot help you much, but we can protect you from the street. Uh, and we can introduce you to one who can really help you. We will introduce you to Jesus. And, and they don't understand. Parents that brought them in, they, they don't understand that. But, but they, they will say, whatever, just take him in. Uh, because we cannot live like this anymore. So Branco very soon, very soon realized that there is hope in Jesus. And he gave his, his life to Jesus. He is spiritually renewed. He is a spirit-filled man. Uh, and, and as a result, he, he constantly talks about Jesus when he was in the center. To, to our guys, he, he led them also to Christ. And, uh, and later on, when he finished program, he met this lovely lady in, in a church. And they started to date, but very soon that they got married. And uh, as a result, a uh, child was born. And the child is with them constantly. We have other families that say, oh, I have one child and uh, he needs to sleep, I uh, cannot come to church or whatever. This, this baby goes everywhere with him. Even I took this picture without him knowing that. Uh, baby sleeping, he's worshipping the Lord. And just, uh, Branco is truly changed man. He remembers his, uh, his old friends remembers well, uh, and his lifestyle. He, he was homeless for years. So, you know, one of the ministers, he started in our church, and, and church got a vision, working with homeless people. So once a month, we will bring them to our church, Saturday afternoon, and a whole afternoon, we are with, with these uh, homeless people. We, we give them bath, cut hair, we give them food, Share, share with them. And that's because of Branco. Branco started that. Uh, and from those people that come, some of them are interested, because they are drug addicts, some of them are drug addicts, are interested to come to our center. This man is Sergeant. And just before we came here, which was uh, just over two months ago now, uh, uh, Branco brought him in and while I, I was having the classes that they came in and after the class I, I had uh, uh, I had opportunity to talk to him and I said, Sajan, how come you are here? Well, he said, I know Branco very well I know his life 
We used to do drugs together. But I know him now. He's totally changed man. And I want to be like that too. He, he talks about Jesus. I don't know Jesus, but I like to meet him. I want to be like him too. So praise God. There are cases and cases like, like that. And we are just rejoicing what God is doing. And my answer to your question would be why we are doing this. Because each time we see somebody broken like that, drug addict or alcoholic or whatever, we can see through him what Jesus can do. And that person will become a totally different person. Thanks to God. Thanks to his great power. While we are is coming, let, let, let me just share again. We, we have a book here. We give it free of charge, but we, we welcome donations because it costed us for, for publishing it. So you are welcome to, to help yourself. Also, there is a, a paper that you can sign your email if you want to receive our updates. Uh, we, we do it uh, once, uh, once a month, and you can pray for us uh, more, um, more specifically, I, I can say. But also, we want to thank you for, for giving funds to, to missions, because of them we are on the field. We, we, can, uh, we can be on the field, our basic food and basic expenses comes from there. But, uh, but if you want to help ministry, that's something else that, that doesn't come from, from this fund. You can come and talk to us, and we will tell you how you can support it. But with prayer, you, you don't need to come. You can support us uh, from now on. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, I spend a lot of time with these guys, and we've been there so many years, and every time I see the pictures, I cry. Because it's all about changed lives. And you, know, you may wonder, where is this country, Serbia or Siberia or whatever? It doesn't matter. It's about changed lives, people. It's the best investment. So when we left Canada and left a successful business, I used to have a dental lab, made teeth, made good money. And today, after 33 years, I say, it was very hard. If I had to do it all over again, I would serve Jesus. Never regretted it. Because at the end of the day, it moves you. You see 20 young men in front of your church with new songs that God gave them. But you have to remember there's hundreds more. In 11 years that we are there, there is six, 700 young men that have been touched. And we wish can tell you that. And they are all amazing stories. They stay with us 18 months, 2 years. Some of them have place to go. So they stay with us much longer. We become their parents. They call me mom. They call him dad. And I wish I can tell you they're all success stories. I wish they were all like Brown. But they're not. There are many that are in the ministry today. Because God is going to plant churches in Serbia through ex-drug addicts. Isn't that amazing? But there are many that are not there. And I will share my heart with you how many, many times... I was very disappointed. After five, six months, they come to our house, they eat, they hear about God, we clothe them, we love them, you, you trust them with your goods, with your life, with your, everything you have. And sometimes they turn around and they even don't say goodbye and then they leave. No thank you card, no flowers, nothing, just gone. And then you're thinking, oh well, 
maybe another one. And then it happens again. And I remember how many times I had to rethink, is it worth the effort? I was standing one day in the room where they sleep, some of them, nicely, neatly done. Nobody was there, all by myself. I had my why bother moment. I was looking at the pillow and thinking, few guys just left. Why bother with another one? They don't. Is it worth it? Not only did I think that many people, including our own kids, would come sometimes say, why bother anymore? They do the same thing. You know, they're going to leave. But the Lord clearly spoke. Even if one night somebody sleeps on that pillow, it's an investment. See, my dear sisters and brothers and friends, we measure success differently. In the world, what is success? Start Increase, get more, there's got to be a result in numbers. With Jesus, it's faithfulness. It's faithfulness because results are up to him. Isn't that what the Bible says? You want to hear the well done? It's not going to be about the numbers. It's going to be about faithfulness. We never know the ripple effect of that person. And Jesus clearly said to me, if one person sleeps there one night, if they're there two days, if they were the one Bible study, they will never be the same. And that was an encouragement to me. But I want to encourage you today. Maybe you're doing serving and some, no, nobody sends you flowers anymore. Pastor doesn't even say thank you card or you don't get invited many places. Jesus knows. And the faithfulness of what you have been entrusted is different than what we have been entrusted. But at the end of the day is the faithfulness. So it's been a, we've been through war. We've been bombed. We had cancer, child. The war continues. I said today, Kosovo story, there may be one more yet coming. We live in the land where there's constant turmoil. We don't know what's coming when we get back. But it's all worth it because of changed lives. I call myself a gold digger. (laughs) Ever watch those shows when in the rain and pour and ugliness of the weather, people constantly go digging, hoping to get that one shiny little piece. For what? For money. What is the price of a human life? Because at the end of the day, that's the only thing that stays. So, million, million people, <laughs> thousands of people came through our center, through the, through, through the church, through the ministries that we mentioned, and you have to read the book. But I want to share with you also alongside with the men, we also had the women's center. And for many years I said I will probably never do women because you know why women are much harder to do because of their background, because of the way they support the habit. And you may ask yourself, how come we have so many drug addicts? Long story short, through war, through problems, through turmoil, drugs were everywhere. We lost all the money in the bank. There was nothing to hold on to. The only empty stores, drugs were there. Well, before you know it, young people were addicted. With girls, they could support their habit by living with a dealer, working on a street, different than men. So I thought to myself, that's going to be very hard. But the Lord gave strength. See, this is my testimony for all these ministries. We make one step, and God does the thousand. 
that one step of faith was that night when we said, we will take the first person in. We did not know what and how. We will go and make that one parcel for that family. That one person I will visit that's dying of cancer. Maybe I will bring some hope. And then it blossoms. Then the Lord makes it big. So many people wait for great big ministry. Put up a sign and working hours. There are no working hours in the ministry. You are available. You show up. And that's what we did. So with the women, when the doctor of the hospital, the main the main doctor in the psychiatric hospital called one day and said, could you please? And by the way, the great respect they have for us in the hospital because they say to us, we have zero, we have zero success as we work with drug addicts. What do you do? And they know. They're very well aware. So this lady calls me, could you please take the girl in? And we don't have a women's center. Well, we quickly did. Overnight, it was born. <laughs> The one step of faith. And the picture will just show you. We had at one point that six girls and that was the capacity of the room. And each one of these girls gave their lives to the Lord. I got a text today from one who is who knows where, but we never lose track. I keep believing each, each one of them that they will be because they have made a great they made a confession. They stayed, some of them, for two years with us. The one that I had faith the least, and I thought nothing would turn out because she was just like Branko, addicted for a long time. And you know what, dear friends? These guys are not addicted because they love to be addicted. Emptiness in their soul. Heroin is not the problem. It's the broken life. It's the broken heart that needs love. So I love these girls. You love the guys. And they, they show amazing change as God touches them. So the one I the least believed something would be because she was so dark. She was demon-possessed. She committed suicide. She had holes in her body where she injected needles that would never close. But she's a follower of Christ. I'll show you in the next picture what she looked like, looked like when she came. I called an emergency because she didn't even breathe anymore. And the doctor just said, keep a hand on the pulse. If it's working, she'll be fine. And I'm going, I don't have experience with this. What if she dies on me? That's what she looked like. A crisis, it was terrible. That's just, that's the way they all are. Last summer, she was baptized. She joined a church, she's in another city. She was baptized outside, and the next picture will show you what she looks like today. We spent just a weekend. And just today, I, I texted the, you know, this that it's an Easter, an Orthodox Easter today. So, in our country, everybody celebrates resurrection of Christ today. I texted one girl, and I said, Happy Easter. She said, You should know I get baptized this afternoon. So, praise the Lord. This is my encouragement to you. Names, stories, you will forget all of us. But one thing, do not forget, your investment in people is always valuable because of Jesus. You love Jesus, then you serve Him. And that is something that goes on with you. That is something that fulfills you. So I encourage you. If you are disappointed, maybe you want to give up your ministry or whatever you're doing, don't. Because the Lord is pleased. You serve Him. I want to thank you so much for praying for us. And may God bless you 
as you serve him where you are. Thank you. So now you know why my wife and I love these, this couple. Uh, they have just shown so much the grace of God in such difficult circumstances. And uh, so we just, when they were back in Canada, wanted you to hear their story. Well, let's stand together. And uh, I'm going to ask Dan and Vera just to slip out and they'll go to the table there. And uh, you can uh, uh, talk to them afterward, sign up if you want to receive their they're very interesting uh, uh, newsletters. They always contain some stories of, of, of people who have uh, made uh, the, the uh, come to faith and understanding of how Jesus can transform their lives. Let's pray together. Father, we have just been challenged this morning to see that you are a God who can change people. We don't fully always understand, but our experience over and over again is that you change us. The power of God at work in people's lives is transforming. And so we celebrate today what you have been doing in Serbia through uh, Danny and Vera and pray that you will continue to give them strength and understanding as they move forward in fulfilling your call upon their lives. And Father, I pray this morning that somehow we might have been captured by their hearts and by their, their uh, call for us to be faithful and that we will be faithful to you and that we will trust that you will give, that you will honor your kingdom and your calling on our lives by what you do, not through by what we do, but by what you do through us. And we'll thank you. And now hear this. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the constant companionship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. <laughs>